theyeshiva.net. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. The last line on page Vov. So the system down here, the system in our world is <laughs> that when somebody is tried, say somebody is given a sentence, a prison sentence, <clears throat> naturally the longer the time that they serve, the easier the conditions become. And there's a logic to it. Because the further it is from the original sin, the original crime, so the less intense the penalty and the punishment, and the closer to emancipation, to freedom, and so forth. According to this, yeah, the system of Golos, exile, when we understand it, in terms of it's a consequence or a penalty or a cleansing for sin. So the longer it becomes, the easier it should become. Until Mamash at the end, it's very easy. Like they'll take a prisoner, they'll put him in a halfway house, which is already, he's quasi-free. That's what he says. I'll call upon him, the last line on Vav. The system of Golos should have been In the beginning, I understand it's more intense, it's more powerful. And the effects of the exile become weaker slowly. Less strong and less strong. Until Gula is aroused, Gula comes. And we, we see this in everything. As he says before, a person sometimes is very upset about something. Yeah, But time heals things. In the beginning of an event, you can't compare it to way it's 10 years later. In the beginning, sometimes you're very stressed, you're anxious, you're upset, you're angry. With time, if you could deal with it, you, we're not talking if you're oppressed, then sometimes it's worse. But if you deal with it, you talk about it, it, it gets weaker and weaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This come, this, here we come to Moshe's second question. In addition to the first that we explored, what's the very concept of Galus? Lama said, is the second question. And that is, may oz bossi al pari ladaber bishmecha. Heira lama ze, samecha. This is a second question. That vlama haye behepechza. Here you have the exact opposite trend. Mitchila kosov. In the beginning of the Galos, it says, The beginning of the Egyptian exile begins with Yaakov relocating with his family, leaving the land of Canaan, his native land where he lived, his father lived, his grandfather lived, and entering into exile. The Pasuk says he lived in Mitzrayim 17 years. Va'amru razal. The commentators, our sages teach, It was the best years of Yaakov's life. The Balaturim famously says, Shvayas Rishon is the gematri of Toiv. Tesvaves is 9, 6 and 2 is 17. Yaakov lived 17 years in Mitzrayim. It wasn't just 17 in terms of numbers, it was also Toiv. 17 in terms of it was the best years. The whole family was reunited. There was at last peace and quiet. He wasn't running away from Esau. 
He wasn't running away from Lavan. He wasn't weeping and mourning for his son Yosef. The family was reunited. It was a very special time. Yaakov did not want to go down. Hashem promised him, He told him, don't fear, because there was a tremendous fear. Because it was exile, it was leaving Eretz Canaan, it was leaving the land of the Aves. It was leaving the land that he knew Hashem promised to the Jewish people, which is why he made Yosef swear to bring him back for burial to Eretz Yisrael. There was a struggle, there was a strife, because it was Galos. But nonetheless, it was considered Yaakov's best years. It says he was alive, he was fully alive. Later, as generations continue, Yaakov passes away, it's still good. It's not the same quality, but it's still good. And then ultimately the brothers pass away, ultimately Yosef passes away. And then the Achekach, and then the Golos starts, and then this Atzema Golos. And then the Golos gets even stronger, more powerful. Ad, Shemeshanol de Miriam, Tamu Tam Mar Bepoyal Mamish Bepeyvav Shonam Acherenos. Chazal say the worst was from when Miriam was born. Miriam was six years older than Moshe. Moshe was 80 years old when the Jews left Egypt. The Torah says he was, when he came to Pari, he was 80. And a year later, they left, or a few months later, they left Egypt. Miriam was six years older than Moshe. So she was 86 at the time that Moshe was 80 and he confronted Pari. So it says, from when Miriam, the reason she, one of the reasons she was named Miriam is Miriam comes from the word Mar, right? Like Marar, bitter. Marim. We have Marim. In, in Parshas Bashalach, the water is bitter. They were bitter. Marim is the same letters like Miriam. So they named Miriam because of the Miridus, the bitterness of the time, because of the Gullahs became much more intense. The Jews were there for 210 years. But most of the time, their situation wasn't so Horrific, even though it was always an exile. In the beginning, it was mamish, delightful. It was, uh, Yaakov had a great time. They had a great time. But as time progressed, it became worse. The last 86 years, it was a tamar. There was a bitter, a bitter taste of Paul mamish to the point that we all know that when Miriam was a little girl, only a few years after her birth, she had to convince her father to come back to her mother because the Gemara says in Mesachisaita, that Amram separated from his wife, Yechevet, because there was a decree that all of the Jewish children, the male children, should be cast into the Nile Delta. So why should he have a baby to only to be killed, Rahman al-Latzan? So he separated, and since Amram was the Gadol Hadar, everybody emulated him, and everybody separated, and it was little Miriam, who was a baby, she was five or six years old, who chastised her father. And said, you're worse than Pari. Pari is killing all the males. And you're going to kill also all the females. Pari's edict will end one day. Your edict won't end. Pari is killing them in Olam Hazar. You're killing them for Olam Haba too. You're stopping the whole existence of the Jewish people. So she caused her father, a daring little girl, she caused her father to come back. And Moshe was born as a result. So we see that from the beginning of Miriam's birth, that's when the Gullahs took on a much bitter, a, more, a worse shape. And it's interesting, it's the 86 last years, Shogamatri Elikim. 
Elikim Aleph Lamed Hey Yud Mem. Don't mix up with the Kuf. Somebody once asked me, Elikim is not 86 because they were spelling it with a Kuf. But Elikim is not spelled with a Kuf. Elikim is Aleph Lamed Hey Yud Mem is 86. Pevav. Elikim is Midas Hadin, Midas Hatsimtsu. Like we learned before, Vayidabr Elikim El Moshe. Those were the last 86 years. The Shema Lekim. Okay, finally, after all this, there's a Hisairus, the Geulahs, coming to fruition. Yubayna Shalolam summons Moshe by the burning bush and says, you will be the man, you will shamati, I heard the cry of the Jewish people, you will summon, you will create the redemption. At least now, well, what happens now? Hichbid Hagalos. Now becomes even worse. If it wasn't bad enough till now, it becomes even worse. Both on a material level, the slave labor increased, the torture increased, which is why the policeman, the Jewish policeman told Moshe and Aaron, God should judge you, because you have now given a sword to Pari to kill us. What about earlier? Earlier they still had, you know, Jews uh, sometimes, uh, even in the worst conditions, have wor- hopes. Pari is not so bad, we can make this work. But you're the one who's ruining it, because you're talking about Gula. They told him, you gave a sword in the hand of Pari now to kill us. What, what did he do till now? What did he do till now? He saved you. But in their mind, somehow there was, relatively speaking, there was a, a comfort zone within the suffering of Egypt. And now it's all going to get ruined. The last, the last, <coughs> excuse me, the last straw that we were leaning on, pun intended, is now also ruined because we have to get our own straw. And then there's Beruchni also. The words that he said, he called it a lie. He denies God's existence. Come on. This is a new question Moshe is asking. He's not only asking Shairish Adin, he's asking Shuras Adin. Shairish Adin is he wants to understand why is there a Golas? What's the pretext for it? What's the precedent for it? I looked at Sefer Bereshis, I see sin and punishment, or sin and penalty, or sin and consequence. Sefer Shmois, I see no sin, only exile. That's the whole Golas. Within that itself, I don't understand the whole system. It's the exact opposite of how it's supposed to work. The longer it is, you already finished the process. You're coming close to the process. You already served time. 210 years, this Xavier. Knew at the end it should be easier. No, it becomes much worse. The beginning it was good, then it gets worse, then it gets even worse, and then it gets even worse. And at the end, as they're already leaving, or soon to leave, it's now the worst to the point that the Jews don't give up. They can't listen to him anymore. How many times can you cry, wolf? In this Golos, this last Golos of history, ah. In this last Golos, the system is also, the Seder is also this one. Which again is very difficult to understand. It's unfathomable. Because if the whole purpose of Golos is to compensate, to atone for a sin, so the further you are, the more progress you make, 
the more distant into Gaulus you go, the easier the burden. What do you see in the last Gaulus? Opposite. And that's why in Medrash and Svarim, the Gaulus is considered That's why it's compared to night. Shabalayla at night, besoif at the end, who kardunisa the tzafra, toikaf ha-choshech. Kardunisa in Aramaic is darkness, choshech. The darkness before tzaf, tzafra is morning in Aramaic. The darkness right before the morning is considered the thickest darkness, the most intense darkness. Toikaf ha-choshech. That's why Golis is compared to night. It's not like as the night continues, it should get more light. The moment before dawn breaks, and then the light shows up, is called toikef achershech. The kardunis of the darkness is the most intense. As it's known, the be'ikvist, meshiche The Mishnah says at the end of Mesech Tesoyt, a bunch of signs of ikvist, meshiche, the end of Golos. Ikvist, the foot, the, 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 the end of the foot, the soul, right before Mashiach. One of the simonim is chutzpah yaski. Chutzpah will increase. Uinyin, this is the spiritual concept of Melchemes Goygo Mogig. The war of Goygen Mogig, Shu'inyin, Takburis, Klippus, Apikursus. It's not just we're talking in Gashmis. Gashmis is one level. The physical suffering of Golos, that doesn't become better with time, on the contrary. But then there's also the spiritual dimension, as discussed earlier in Mitzrayim. Melchemes Goygo Mogig discussed at the end of days, the end of Golos is not just a physical thing. It represents a spiritual war. The intensity of Klippus Apikursus. So Moshe asks, according to his Svara, what do you mean? according to his understanding of how Golos works, may us bossy from when I came, not only did it not get better, it got worse. Now here's quite the parenthesis, huh? Yeah. Same problem. Same issue, yeah. Same issue. The same is true now. May Oz, she is Chilulidabe. Divrielikim Chayim is Manabal Shemtiv, the Chernel of Rachavelik, Nisrabu Apikursum Dafka. From when the Bal Shemtiv began teaching Divrielikim Chayim, which is the expression of Chsidus, Pnimi Zatayda, the words of the living God, Nisrabu Apikursum Dafka. You see that the opposition, the heresy against all of what Judaism represents became much more, much more intense. This is the concept of Melchemes Goig and Mogig spiritually. On this Hashem answers Moshe, like we said before, now you're going to see. Kanal, as we said before, what was the answer? The answer is that what you're seeing now is not a contradiction to Gola. But Atatira, now you'll be able to see the Gola. Why now? Now that the concealment reached the lowest place, the worst concealment, now can be the revelation that is the greatest revelation. You're saying that this is a contradiction to Gula. What you're seeing is not undermining the Gula. On the contrary, this is what's facilitating the Gula. (laughs) 
And then he goes on in Parshas Va'eda to discuss and answer the first question, which is why there's Galos Bechla. Vahabiyur, the general explanation is, Sheklalus inyan ha-galus einoi midas ha-din. Sheyipalalav beiz ha-shailus. Rakum midas ha-rachma. The perception, the perception was a different perception. Moshe was coming from a place, there's sin and there's punishment. I didn't see the sins, why is there punishment? For what? I know Bereshit says, Midas Adin, I'm looking for the same pattern, right? Because this is the paradigm in which I live in. You do bad, there's a consequence. You put your hand in the fire, you get burnt. However you want to explain the consequence, it's a punishment, it's a penalty, it's a cleansing process, but that's what it is. And Bereshit, the whole safer works that way. Everything is a consequence of something else. The whole Bereshit works. There's not a story in Bereshit that doesn't lead in. There's everything is a domino effect there. From the first story, from eating of the tree all the way down, it goes downhill. Everything. Yaakov takes the brachas from Esav. There's consequences. He has to run away. Yosef uh, and the brothers uh, have their, their, their quarrels and there's tremendous consequences. Everything works that way. The whole Bereshit is that way. Cain kills his brother, there's consequences. They build a tower and there's consequences. Light runs to Zdaim. Light runs to Zdaim. The whole Bereshit works that way. In other words, there is moral justice in the world. So Moshe says, and these are the words of the Medrash, I looked in Shemais, I was expecting the same thing. No, it's not what's happening. Starts off right away, there's a king, and suddenly the Jews are suffering what, when, where, why, who, what, why? I don't know. So the Rabbani Shalom, that's the question number one, Lama Reyesa. Question number two is even worse. Well, together with that, the question becomes even stronger. And if there's a consequence, there has to be a rhythm to it. And that is the longer the punishment, the easier it becomes. Here it's like opposite. So what does Hashem tell him? Opens up Parshas Va'era. After he says, now you will see. You're making a mistake. What you look as the intensity of Gullahs is really the beginning of Gula. Atta, now they'll be able to be the Gula. Now the Pari went crazy. And now the Pari wants to take away the last privileges. Now they'll be the Gula. But then he starts a new Parsha. So the Maimir explained earlier that Elikim spoke to Moshe. And he almost like reintroduces himself. It's like, Shalom Aleichem, I have a new name. And he says clearly, I didn't reveal myself with this name to the previous generations. But now I'm telling you, Ani Elikim speaks to Moshe because Moshe thinks that he is communicating with Elikim and therefore he has certain expectations and certain questions. And he says, Hashem tells him, you have to get to know me, Ani the way the Medrash puts it is that he told Moshe, you think it's Midas Hadin. Less inun el You think you're speaking to Elikim. Elikim speaks to Moshe and says, you don't understand this. Your paradigm, your perception of Golos is erroneous. You're looking at it from a perspective of Midas Hadin, so you have both questions. Why? Give me a good why. Tell me exactly what they did. Were they Zdoim? Were they the generation of the flood? What did they do to deserve this? And number two, why is it getting worse when it's getting better? When it's supposed to get better? It's supposed to end. But the truth is, it's a whole different concept. 
It's an attribute of compassion. That's why the system follows this pattern. The darkness sometimes gets intensified. And when the darkness reaches a place where one reaches what we call rock bottom, the lowest step, madrega yois, the lowest level. You can't get any lower. Then there can be a sudden elevation to a place that is beyond anything. You can't get higher than it. Because when you can appreciate the shift, when you can make that shift from midas hadin to midas harachimim, and how you see the gallows, so both questions will be answered. The why that you're posing needs to be understood completely in a different way. And the second question of it getting worse before it gets better has to be understood a different way. Because we're not dealing here with a classic case of punishment for sin where the penalty gets easier and easier. It's a completely different situation. And in this situation, in this explanation, you can understand that the darkness gets more intense and when it reaches a place where you can't get any lower, any worse, at that moment can happen this type of gula, suddenly a iluya, his alus, an elevation to a place that you can't get beyond that. Lachain, emmer. That's why he says, go tell the Jewish people that I will take them out. I'd say, see, we them and you will know ki ani Hashem, yud kevav. To understand what does this all mean and how both questions are answered. So we go back now to be able to understand what the Sifrim Hagadoshim, actually Sifri HaKabbalah, what the Sifrim of Kabbalah explain about the system of the Haftaris. In the opening of the Maimi Isab Psikta, he brought from the Psikta, quoted in Torah, Rechayim Tov Chavches, that is a system that happens every single year in the Haftaris that, which undergo a change. Because till Shivasa Batamas, till the three weeks, the Haftaris follow the theme of the Parsha. From Shivasa Batamas till the end of the year and the beginning of the next year, everything changes. For three weeks, you have what's called Shlosha de Puranissa, the three Haftaris dealing with destruction. From after Tisha B'Av, Shabbos Nachamu, you have seven weeks of comfort and consolation where the Haftaris change. Then you have the two Haftaris of Tshuva, Rosh Hashanah Yim Kippur, and then you have what happens after that, which is, of course, Sukkot and Shmini Atzeres and Simchas Teira. Okay. That's what he said in the beginning. Uh-huh. Now let's recall what the Kabbalah said about these words in the beginning of the Mimer, and they were very abstract. We learned them in the beginning and they were abstract. And this Mimer is coming to explain this. And that's how it is in Kabbalistic works. Everything, is, most of it is in code language and you have to be able to demythologize the abstractions and decode the code language. So the way the Kabbalah describes it is, in the first paragraph of the Maimah that he quoted, in the works of the Arizal and the other Mekobalim, that the Gimel de Poronissa represents the histalkus, the departure 
of the three cognitive faculties, Chachma Bina Das, which of course represents a difficult time, a challenging time. Then you have seven weeks of consolation, I'm, and I'm quoting here, we're not trying to understand the meaning, just to understand the structure, even if we don't understand the meaning of it, that the seven in Nechemta is, Hisgalus moichin da'atike b'zayin midizdiza. A level of moichin, which is very, very deep, called moichin of Atik. Atik is considered the depth of Keser, the core of Keser. The moichin of Atik are revealed in seven weeks, which represent the seven midos of Zah. Those are known as the seven midos of Atzilus. Which are, uh, Zah is the six middas of Atzilus, Chesed through Yisait. So the Moichen of Atik is now revealed in Zah, during those Shiva de Nechemt. Then you have Zah, which is Chesed through Yisait, and also includes Malchus in this case, because it's seven weeks. Then you have Rosh Hashanah and Yim Kippur, and you have two Haftaris of Tshuva. What is that? Malchus comes up from where? Malchus is the last faculty of Atzillus that goes into Bri Yitzir It comes back up through two levels of Tshuva, Tshuva Tata and Tshuva Ilah. A higher level of Tshuva and a lower level of Tshuva, Malchus returns back to its source. Then you have Yom Kippur, which is the second Matan Torah, the Matan Torah of the last tablets. What happens now? The Moichin of Atik, which during Shiva de Nechemte were revealed to the Zah, are now revealed to the Neshamas of Bri Yitzir because Malchus came up from Bri Yitzir through Tshuvas, and now the Moichin, the highest level of Moichin, are revealed to those Neshamas. And what happens to Yatzerah Simchas Now is the revelation of Simcha and Tainuk to those Neshamas of Bri Yitzir which means all of the souls on this world, and all, all of the lower worlds, like we say, V'yismechu b'cha kal Yisrael. We will celebrate with you, we celebrate down here like you celebrate up there. And this happens, this is reenacted every single year in our calendar. So here's a classic example of absolute mystical language. You read it, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Fine, so <laughs> you, you, you could trust Arizal that he knew what he was talking about, what plus of the Puranas is, and what the Halacha does, the Kabbalah also does, they all parallel each other, it's the Nigla and the Pnimius. On one level, it's a change of Haftarah, and it's commemorating Jewish history. The three weeks we commemorate the Chorban. The seven weeks of Nechama, we commemorate the Nevuas for the comfort of the Chorban and the anticipation for Geula. We come to the era of Tshuva, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and then we come to the time of season of Simchas, Man Simchaseinu Sukkas, culminated Shmini Atzeres Simchas and then winter comes and life goes back to back on your heads, as they say. Another year. But there's a rhythm here. That reason is not Stam trying to throw Madregas on us. There's a rhythm he's trying to explain. There's a, a tune, a rhythm to the calendar. And what is it? So when he uses all these words of Histalkus Chabad and Gilui Moichin and Aliyah Samalchus and Gilui Moichin to the Neshamas of Biyah and the Simchen Tainuk of the Neshamas of Biyah, it's really using cryptic code language that is containing and encapsulating and representing a whole idea. In order to understand this, we had to go into the whole discussion of what happened with Moshe and Hashem. He wasn't asking redundant questions and Hashem was not just repeating himself a few times. There was a whole system to the conversation as discussed. Once this is now dealt with, 
looking at Moshe's questions, we could now come to appreciate all of the metaphoric language, the Kabbalistic language that's used in Samachekov Sifri Kabbalah or Svarim And this language is quoted in many works of Kabbalah and in many works of Chassidus that deal with this season. You will see this language based on the Arizal's language. We could come to understand what this means. First question is why, when it comes to departure, it's three. When it comes to consolation, it's seven. Well, why is it not symmetrical? If three left, three should come back. It's three weeks of Avelas, three weeks of Histalkos, as we said, but then seven weeks of Nechepta. Seven. And we explain why, because the Histalkos, the result says, is Abchachma bin Adaz. So it's three, Chachma bin Adas. First week is Chachma, the second week is Bina, the third week is the Estalkos, the departure of Das. But then the seven weeks of comfort, Shiva the Nechemta, are seven because we spoke about Moichin the Atik being revealed in the seven Midas. The Hinea do what's known, Sha'avela, Suinian Estalkos Amoichin. Avela's grief represents always Estalkos Amoichin. This is a diminished form of awareness. Generally, it's even on a very practical level. When somebody is in a state of Avelis, their mind is in a blunder. It's a very, it's a much more diminished way of, a form of cognition, of awareness, of perception. For good reason. And yet Avelis is also the source of comfort. is buried as will be explained. And yet, one is three, one is seven. Why the change? The order generally is this. Soon it will be explained in detail by using a marshal, a metaphor, to explain this whole seder. But before he gets to the marshal, because from the next paragraph, this Maimer is going to begin a long, long marshal, a very long marshal, a long story, a long parable. But before that, he says, let's outline the structure. Mm-hmm. We said that the three Moichin Chachma bin Adaz depart. From their Shlemus, from their perfection of these Moichin, in the source there is aroused a higher level of Moichin, much higher. They're not called Chachma bin Stam. They're called the Moichin the way they are in Atik, which is the Pneumis of Keser. I know it's uh, strange words, but just bear with it. And because the new higher Moichin are being triggered, the old ones have to depart. So, when the three moichen are complete, Chachma bin Adas, in the source, there is now room for a whole new level of moichen. That's called moichen da'atikah. And because this new level of moichen is aroused, so the lower level of moichen departs. And the departure happens generally on three levels. Be'ilui achar ilui. 
It happens on three levels, one above the other. Keneged Gimel Moichin Chachma Bin Adas. And because the previous Meichin depart, this allows for the higher Meichin that developed to become revealed. It's within these three, one allows the two and two allows the three. He's not talking about the next seven. He's talking about one, two, three. Previous Yeah, 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 yeah. So your goal here now is not to understand what he's saying. Your goal is just to understand the structure of what he's saying, okay? Because then you'll understand what he's saying later. And the structure is that there's something called three moichen, chachma bin adas. But there's a much deeper level of moichen. That's moichen in the source of moichen. The source of moichen is called keser, which is the crown above the head. It's also known as atik in Kabbalah, the pnimius of keser. That's the source of everything. So when the moichen are wholesome, are complete... So now we're ready that in the source there should be a whole new level of moichen. What's called moichen of Atik. A whole new level of moichen is now getting ripe because of the completion, the perfection of the moichen, the way they came on Chachma bin Adas. And because the new moichen, a higher level are becoming ripe and about to be revealed, so the previous moichen, the lower level of moichen, depart. And they depart on three levels, Chachma bin Adas, that's represented by the three weeks. And that allows for the new higher Moichin to be communicated, to be revealed. First, they're only revealed in the seven Midas of the Mashpiyah, of the, of the mentor, of the teacher. So the face of the Mashpiyah becomes lightened, the Hiru Da'anpin, like we say in Kegavna, right? Right before Baruch Friday night from the Zoyar. We say Friday night, what happens Friday night? Kol dinimis abrimina, anpa nehirim binehiru ilah. The face is shining with a higher light. V'chulu mesatim in Eshmosan chadat in Kadein Shirusu letloysu levarcha labechedva binehiru da'anpin, with a luminescent face. So first, the gilu of the Numaychen is felt by the Mashpia. Nihiru Da'ampin, his face lights up, or in the language of Kabbalah, Zah, which is the Eir Ampin, the small face, is illuminated by the Moichen of Atik, which makes the face lit, lit up in a new way. Va'amekabel misnachim bazeh, sheroye ponem tzuvah, the Makabal, the recipient, is comforted just by the fact that he sees a new face by the teacher. So this gives him hope for a whole new type of revelation. At this point, the new face was by the Mashpiyah, the bright face. But he gets Tanchumin, he gets solace from the fact that he sees the new face in the Mashpiyah. Ooh, there's something good happening. Through this, the Mechabal, the recipient, prepares himself. And he divests himself on two levels. Mafshit literally means like you take off your clothes. We say, right? The Kayan took off his clothes. Mafshit means to strip. Like Hefshit in a carbon means you, you, uh, you flay, you, you, uh, you skin it, you remove the skin. So, he has to remove himself from two things. He has to divest himself on two levels. 
remove two layers, two layers he has to remove, to receive the new gili from the mashpia. What's the new gili? The moichin of Atik that came into the mashpia of the seven weeks. And when the mashpia sees that the recipient removed these layers, he opened himself up. This triggers in the mashpia the ability empowers him to be able to give him the new moichin, the new awareness, the moichin of Atik. Ki yadua is known, shecholol reikon shalamekabel, mo'erir letaynuga poshet shalamashpiel ashpia. The hez was tutzach, huh? Shecholol reikon shalamekabel. The, the cavity, the empty space that the mekabel creates, that is what arouses the deepest pleasure within the mashpia to want to give. That emptiness that the makabal creates. What's the emptiness? It's not filled with anything. Because he divested himself. He removed everything that was filling the empty space. He was mafshit himself on two levels. So what's created now? What's created is a cholol reik on an empty space. This emptiness is the vacuum that draws forth from the mashpia, the tainuk. It's like this, what is it called? The suction, uh, the suction effect, right? The vacuum is what uh, brings from the mashpia, it draws, it triggers, it arouses in the mashpia, the deepest tainuk, tainuk apashat, means his own deepest tainuk, which is divested from everything else, to be mashpia. And now when the Mechabal, the student, hears the new Moichin from his teacher, Now that pleasure that his Rebbe had once, the Nehiru Da'ampin, now he has. But really, by him it's even more. Because for him, it's yet even a greater Chiddush and a greater revolution. If you understood this, this is the general outline of the system of Golos Mitzrayim and also of the final Golos. Val derech zeh, or val dover zeh, kavu b'chol shona, min histalkus luchus arishoynes adis galus luchus achroynes, which is barlel binyan aftoynes. And this is the rhythm that was established every year in the calendar. In Judaism, every year is a microcosm of all of history. The Ebenezer says that Shana, the word Shana, comes from two words. Shana comes from the word Shinui, change, because every year encompasses all of the changes of the seasons and all of the parishes. You know that every year is really a full life. And Shana from the word Mishnah, which means repeat, like Mishnah Torah, because it's a repeat of the previous year in a different way. But in other words, every year is a little, is a container of all of life. Every year is a microcosm of all of life. And the next year is a whole new dimension. But it's a Mishnah, Shana Melashan Mishnah. And it's not only a microcosm of all of life, it's a microcosm of all of history. So the system, the Chazal, were very sensitive to this. And the year therefore follows the rhythm of history. And that rhythm is particularly expressed in the rhythm of Golas to Gula, from the breaking of the first Luchas to the celebration with the last Luchas. 
which the breaking of the first luchas happens on Shivasa Batamas, which is the beginning of the three weeks, which represents a breakdown in a relationship, a breakdown in a marriage. Yom Kippur, the last luchas were given and then celebrated on Sukkot and Simchas Torah, so they're fully revealed. That's the rhythm of the Haftarahs that we spoke about in Psikta and Tur and in Sifra HaKabbalah, but it's the whole rhythm and beat of Golas, the journey from Golas to Gula, beginning with Golas Mitzrayim, and the same is true with this Golas. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Vulnerability, the three, yeah, it's, it's an era of particular vulnerability. That's well said. Well said. So the Arizal always, that's the language of Kabbalah. Moichin, Atik, Zah, Midis, Malchus, Bia, that's the language. But the language has to be decoded. Language has to be explained. So from now, the Maimah takes a shift and goes into the understanding, the Chachma Bina Das, an appreciation of what all of this means. So to, in summation, what do we have? We have a stage number one, which is a time of vulnerability or a time of istalkus, a time of avelus. And all vulnerability really represents a certain form of istalkus. I'm vulnerable, which means I'm less perceived protection, I guess you could put it that way. Huh? The womb. The wound, the wound is open, you say. So there's the time of vulnerability, which Kabbalah describes as Histalkus Gimel Moichen of Chachma bin Adas, which creates a certain vulnerability, a certain Avelus, and during the three weeks. A vacuum, right? A vacuum, yeah. And that's the source of Avelus. There is a grief, there is a sadness, there's a melancholy. Maybe not the word melancholy, but there's a sadness, there's a grief there, there's Avelis, mourning, and it's expressed in halacha during the three weeks. And in mystical language, it's the stalkus of the three moichin chachma bin adas. But as he puts it here, it's not just the stalkus of gimel moichin. The stalkus of gimel moichin is happening for a different reason. Because the higher level of moichin in Attic has become ripe. How has it become ripe? Because there was the shleimus, the perfection of the three moichen of Chachma bin Adas, and because of that perfection, so now we're ready for the next level of moichen, the way moichen are in its source, in their source in Atik. And because the new level of moichen is now triggered and aroused, so the lower moichen have to depart. So what is vulnerable on one level is because on a deeper level, a new level of moichin is being uh, is being developed. Ah, huh? tweak, developed, formed. Only able to start the summer. People clearly grief. People have deal with loss. Grief can be. Oh, grief can be but all grief represents something departed, right? There is a yearning. There is a you grieve. 
something that you lost. A person grieves what they lost. If somebody loses a loved one or whatever type of grief it is. It's a loved one. It's not a stop. We hope this year. We hope this year it's going to change. <laughs> So the new Meichen are being formed and developed. Yeah. In order for them to be revealed, the old Meichen have to depart. When they depart, the new Meichen could be revealed. But where are they revealed? First they're revealed, so to speak, by the Mashpia, by the teacher. And those are the seven weeks of Nechama. And the Mechabal's Nechama is only that he sees a new brightness in the face of the teacher. And that itself gives him tremendous comfort because he knows good things are coming. Therefore, he is now triggered to prepare himself for this new revelation by two levels of Avshata, by divesting himself on two levels, which creates within him a tremendous vacuum. And then when the Mashpia sees this vacuum, this openness, this emptiness, this uh, openness to receive, because without a vacuum, it can't receive. As long as he is stuck in the old pattern, he can't receive the new thing. But when the Mashpia sees that he divested himself from the previous layers, the Mashpia is triggered and aroused and inspired to give him the new Meichen that he experienced during the Shiva de Nechemta. Because the Tainug of the Mashpia is triggered most by the vessel, the empty vessel that the Makabal creates. So now we just went from Shiva de Nechemta which is the Gilui of Meichen, the Atik to the Mashpia, to the two weeks of Tshuva, which is the Mechabal divesting himself from two layers, creating an openness, to Yem Kippur, which, what did he say is Yem Kippur, the Hamshachas Meichen, the Atik, the Neshamas, the Biyah, which is the Mashpia, giving him the new Meichen. What's now? Sukkot Shemini Atzer Simchas the Simcha and the Tainug of the student, similar to the Simcha and Tainug of his Rebbe, but even deeper than his Rebbe because it's a greater Chiddush by him. That system of the calendar is a microcosm of the journey of the soul, as we will see, and the journey of history from exile to redemption. You want to know if it's predictable, why is it new? Yeah. The Stalkus Hamoichin is by the Mashpia and certainly by the Makabal. By both. Start, start to the Mashpia. Yeah. Okay. Who said we're being punished? He said that we're not being punished. You gotta change the CD, you're not being punished. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Okay. Huh? Bepoil Mamish. Tom Mar Bepoil Mamish. Bederich Klau. Bederich Klau. You said everything in racism. Midas Hadin. 
Venetius is Midasadem. Right, that's what he asked in the beginning of the Maimah, that Golis Mitzrayim was introduced by Brisbane Apsarim. And Brisbane Apsarim was a moment of tremendous love. And that's when he speaks about Golos, not in terms of a punishment. From here we see that Golos Mitzrayim has a different Shirish. God didn't speak about Golos Mitzrayim following a sin. He spoke about Golos Mitzrayim in the middle of the covenant of the greatest connection that he built with Avram Avinu, which was coming from love. Why are you talking about Golos? This means that the Golos has a whole different dimension to it. Not Din, but Rachama. Yeah. When he comes out Mokim, this Mokim is from Hashem, right? So when the song departs, we're feeling like the pain, we also must question Hashem why we do this. Is that what the... Yeah, we'll see. He's going to discuss everything. Li Nader. Tanya Perik Lamed Vav. Tachten she'ain tachten lamata himeno. The lowest, yeah. I guess it's connected there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That from the Tachten you can go to the greatest Elyon. Yeah. Right. The frag's good. The frag's good. The frag's good. I hear you. Yeah. Asach Hatzlocha. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. It's fine. All questions are welcome, always. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.